to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back to another episode with me, your host, Alexa. And Ambie is actually feeling pretty under the weather today. So um, I told her to take it easy and I will hold down the fort for today. Um, She will be here in spirit, with spirit, but um, just going to be me and a fun audio clip today. But uh, before we get to that, We want to thank our beautiful, lovely, amazing Patreon patrons who are growing by the day. Um, Thank you all for supporting us in this way and uh, interacting with us in this way and just being a part of the creation of this vehicle, which is currently in podcast mode, but hopefully will expand in lots of different ways uh, over the coming years. So thank you to Tiffany Polito, Tammy Lip, Sheena Bone, Paige Long, Mimi Abneter, Melanie Larson, Mariah Atkinson, Mandy Ford, Lisa Perez, Kim Bartelt, Jamie McMahon, Jamie Edwards, Cheyenne Carroll, and Charm City Foster Mama on Instagram. You are all beautiful, wonderful beings, and we, we love you so, so much. Um, also going to read a review today. We have uh, iTunes reviews, we have Castbox reviews, um, and I don't know if Google Play has reviews, but those are all the places that we're on. So if you haven't left a review yet, please feel free to leave one. We love reading them. We love knowing how the podcast is influencing you or affecting you or how you're liking it because, you know, um, we're doing this like because we like to do it and we like to talk about it. And it, quite frankly, it helps Ambie and I. But also we like to know how you're receiving it. And also if you have ideas to improve the podcast or things you'd like to see, you know, we want this to be a collaborative effort. So please let us know. Um, okay, so today's uh, <laughs> today's iTunes review comes from Official Perez Mom. The title of the review is Love. Uh, She says, I absolutely adore this podcast. Every episode feels like a conversation with friends. The topics are relevant and Alexa and Ambie are wonderful, real guides who ask questions just like the rest of us do. I look forward to each episode. Thank you for walking beside me a bit on my journey. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Thank you, official Perez mom. We uh, we love that compliment. You know, we get that compliment. We get that feedback a lot that it feels like you're just having a conversation with friends when you listen. And I think that's like the best compliment 
that either of us could receive. We we talk about it all the time, how just amazing it is that that's what we hear the most because that's that's what we hope for. It, that's what it feels like when we're talking to each other and that's what it feels like when we're talking to you. And it's just um, – it feels like a, a cool uh, friend group that even if we're not all together in real life, it's like we're together virtually, we're together energetically and it's, it's amazing. It's really great. So thank you so much. Um, And let's see. So um, today we are going to talk about self-sabotage. This is actually a topic that has come up for me a lot over the past week. Over the past week, past couple weeks I've been doing, I personally, I know we all have, but I personally have been doing a lot of clearing and um, up-leveling and facing of fears. I mean, I've had all kinds of things just come to the surface for me to deal with. And it's amazing because I'm noticing how I'm really starting to get clear on things. I'm really starting to see through the patterns like the veil is truly lifting or thinning or whatever you want to say. And suddenly it's like it's Whereas even just a few weeks ago, it felt so difficult to see what was behind certain uh, patterns or themes in my life. Suddenly, it's like so clear to me. And one of the themes is um, one of the things that has been coming up for me to get clearer on is the ways in which I avoid the things that I want and the ways in which I self-sabotage or however you want to call it, um, myself in order to protect me from getting the things I want. Because what I've realized is that somewhere inside, somewhere back a long time ago, uh, you know, I I made some connection between getting what I want and being left alone, getting what I want and not receiving what I needed from the people around me. And I think this is a very common thing that we all – experience, especially in childhood, especially in adolescence, you know, when we we don't really we're we feel our inner guidance, but it's kind of this crucial time in which we are being influenced heavily or by the people around us. And so we're feeling one thing as, you know, children. We're feeling resonance with, you know, love and light and where we came from, right? But when the people who are supposed to be taking care of us around us are telling us else otherwise and teaching us otherwise because that's how they've been taught, because that's how they've been raised and that's how their parents were raised and so on and so on, it starts to become really confusing and like which way to go. And so what I've been connecting for myself is that, um, you know, when I was actually following my passions and following what fe- felt good, I was also perceiving at the same time that there was danger in that, that there was risk in that, that there was uh, potential of being criticized in that, right? Potential of being targeted in that in, that in doing the thing that we most want to do and doing the thing that, you know, makes our heart sing. It's like, especially as children, I think that's also when we're the most sensitive to it. And so that's also when, you know, any kind of criticism or response from our parents or the adults around us or people in school can really start to mess with that confidence. And that's when we can develop these patterns of self-sabotage so that we don't get hurt. It's like we're protecting ourselves from the letdown before the letdown happens. So I found this clip from Tony Robbins who – 
Um, you know, it's funny until I listened to this clip this morning and it popped up on YouTube as soon as I searched for avoidance, right? Um, I forgot that when I had my awakening a few years ago, I can't keep track of when I had my awakening now, but I think it was a few years ago. Um, when I had my awakening, I, I keep thinking that I actually started with like Positive Head, this other podcast, and Abraham Hicks. But what I'm remembering now is actually who really helped me through the first stages of my initial awakening was Tony Robbins because I wasn't so spiritual yet. I wasn't like so open to the universe and law of attraction and all of that right away. It took me a while to work up to like what Abraham Hicks teaches and to really fully understand that. And Tony Robbins, I think, is like an amazing bridge between you know, practicality and this real, this real physical 3D life, right? Um, everything that we see here without having to know it, to know a lot about the universe or be very, um, you know, like ethereal or mystical, right? Um, he's like a very good bridge between, uh, you know, this, this physical 3D world and, and like the Abraham Hicks side of things. And so, um, it was actually so comforting to hear a clip of his again and remember, oh, wow, he really like held my hand through this first stage of awakening. And he has so much wisdom and so much power and so much, um, such a, it's, it's, it's nice to hear these things in a new way. It's nice to hear these things from a different perspective, framing them in a different way because it helps things resonate in a whole new way. And so I, you know, I love Abraham and I love all, all of, you know, that content, but this, uh, audio clip really reinvigorated me. And I think it will for, uh, you listeners as well. So, um, Without further ado, we are going to listen to this clip, this Tony Robbins clip, and it is called How to Eliminate Self-Sabotage. Today's focus is on how to eliminate self-sabotage. You know, when I talk to people about succeeding in their lives, really making their goals and dreams a reality, invariably they say, you know, I really go for it, but I just somehow manage to screw things up for myself. Just when I'm about to really make things happen, all of a sudden, whammo. I don't show up for a key meeting, or I say the wrong thing, or I treat somebody mean, or I just don't follow through, and I don't understand it. I don't know why I keep sabotaging myself in this way. Hey, sabotage only comes for one reason, and we've said this over and over again, and we're going to keep saying it because it is the foundation to understanding human behavior. If you're sabotaging yourself, it means you're stopping yourself from following through, right? Why would you do that? Take a wild guess because you associate more pain to following through. You're sabotaging yourself as a way of stopping yourself from doing something that you think on some level is going to create a lot of pain in your life. Now, some people think succeeding is going to create pain. It's going to make sure they feel alone or separate from other people. Remember we've talked about this? So as they start to get close to succeeding, whammo, they sabotage. Why? Because their brain notices that, hey, the more I succeed, people around me don't seem to get too jazzed about it. When I fail, they go, oh, come here, gosh, let me talk to you. How's it going? But when they succeed, they go, oh, yeah, easy for you, buddy. Well, with that kind of conditioning, no wonder people sabotage. We've got to take control back. And the way we take control back again, as we've done over the last two tapes of conditioning ourselves, is to change our associations to the thing that we're sabotaging. Now, let me bring up another point that I think is equally, maybe even more important. That is this. A lot of us jump to conclusions about sabotage. And a lot of people say, well, gosh, you know, I just keep sabotaging my success. And what I say to them is, 
are you sabotaging your success or are you just doing stupid things? <laughs> what I mean by that is not everything you do that takes away from your possibility of succeeding is a result of self-sabotage. Sometimes you just make poor decisions. And you don't want to start making up in your head that there's this giant pattern dominating your life. And a lot of people do that. For example, this woman in a seminar recently stood up and she said, well, gosh, I just sabotage myself all the time. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, like the other day, she said, I was late for work for the second time. I said, well, what does that mean? She goes, well, I was late and that screws things up. I must be sabotaging myself. I said, well, maybe you just got caught up in what you were doing. She goes, no, I think I sabotaged myself. I said, well, why else? She said, well, because not only was I late, but also I forgot some of my things at home. So I wasn't just late. I left my books at home so I couldn't have conduct the appropriate meeting. I know I was sabotaging. I said, well, how often does this happen? She goes, well, I don't know, maybe once or twice a month. I said, well, maybe, ma'am, you're not self-sabotaging. Maybe you're just not paying attention. I mean, so be careful about generating this as a generalization in your mind. Does that make sense? Don't get caught up in creating a belief system when maybe something's not there. On the other hand, if you do have a pattern, realize that any pattern you have, including self-sabotage, still comes back to one thing. Human beings, no matter what we're doing, including sabotaging ourselves, we do it for a positive intent. I want you to get that. Anything we do, we do for a positive intent. For example, if you smoke cigarettes, you're not doing it to try and create cancer in your body and destroy yourself. That's not the intent. The intent is your brain long ago linked up, hey, if I'm bored or if I'm frustrated or if I'm feeling some kind of pain of some sort, that this is a way to distract myself. This is literally a way to get rid of the pain and create some pleasure. That's what your brain has learned to do. So the intent of smoking is not to try and sabotage you. The sabotage, the physical sabotage that obviously cigarettes create for us is not about creating sabotage. It's about creating pleasure and avoiding pain. Do you follow me? We do the same thing with alcohol. We do the same thing if you use drugs. You do the same thing if you watch TV too much. You do the same thing if you don't show up for meetings. There is always a positive intent. Your brain is trying to do something that's good for you in the form of avoiding pain and getting pleasure. So what's the challenge? Well, the challenge is in our lives, we many times sabotage ourselves because we've got this approach avoidance thing you've heard me talk about so much in these tapes where we have mixed neuroassociations where we sabotage a relationship. Why? Because on the one side, remember, we've linked pleasure. If I get a relationship, it's going to be so great. All this person loves me and I can be with this person and we can share so much of life together. And yet on the other hand, we've had experiences where it's meant pain. And so our brain fries. We start to go in the relationship. It seems good. And then all of a sudden our brain goes, uh-oh, but that might mean pain. And also we get these mixed sensations or our brain doesn't know, is it going to mean pain or is it going to mean pleasure? And when our brain doesn't know, it stops everything. It tries to stop the process of progress. Does that make sense? I'll give you a classic example. I was reading in a book of an example of how our associations can drive us crazy. And what it talked about was an experiment that was done with rhesus monkeys where they put them in a special cage. And what they did is in the cage they put red, yellow, and green squares. Well, after several days, the experimenters set it up so that the red squares in the cage gave off intermittent shocks that would cause the monkey immediate pain. Well, you can imagine the monkey became pretty anxious and pretty soon learned to avoid the red squares at almost any cost. Well, next, the experimenter caused the red and the yellow squares to give off intermittent shocks, and the monkey began to act as if he was a manic depressive. Why? Because no matter where he went, he seemed to get pain, no matter what he tried. He tried what he thought would work, tried what he didn't work, he's got pain. 
He started to alternate between hyper-anxiety and depression and withdrawal. The monkey soon learned to avoid the red and the yellow squares, and then all the squares were electrified. Well, the little monkey began to bite itself, to beat its head against the bars, to defecate on itself. You might say the little monkey had been driven crazy. Now, that's a horrible example, and I have absolute contempt for that kind of abuse of animals or people. But what I also want to point out is that this is exactly what some people do to each other. This is exactly what some people do in their own head. Some people create this experimental cage in their brain where they literally begin to link pain to everything in life. We are the ones that create the connections, though. We're the ones that establish the shocks. Because no matter what happens in your life, what you associate to things is your choice. And at least after this program it is. You don't have to be at the effect. If you notice that you've begun to wire to relationships a red square called pain, you can get rid of it. Because you can know that that is a generalization. Not all relationships equal pain. And so you've got to eliminate those negative associations. Otherwise, you create your own experimental box and you pay the ultimate price. That never needs to happen to you. You have the skills in this program. And if you're not sure about them, listen to a tape again and apply them. You can take those experiences that were painful and use the erasure technique and destroy it. So you don't ever associate pain again to a relationship. Maybe you can even get it where it's somewhat humorous. Or you've at least learned something. Or you can ask yourself better questions and say, okay, it may have felt painful then, but that was only one relationship, and what did I learn so I won't have pain in the future? It's not all red squares are painful. It's that one was, and what can I learn from it so the next red square is pleasurable? Or so I can rewire the red square so it supports me. I just finished doing a Date with Destiny seminar this last weekend before I did this taping with you. And the interesting thing happened is a man walked up to me and he said, uh, Mr. Robbins, um, I think I should tell you uh, before we begin that uh, I'm into self-sabotage. I said, oh, really? That sounds pretty exciting. <laughs> he looked at me and said, what? I said, what am I doing? I just interrupted his pattern a little bit, started to break it up. He said, well, no, I'm serious. I said, well, I can see you're very serious. I said, but what do you mean? He said, well... For the last few years, I've been working very hard at getting out of my body. I said, getting out of your body? He said, yes. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, in the last six months, I've been in three car accidents. I said, well, that's pretty amazing. He said, and you know what else? I said, what? He said, I've been in the hospital four or five times for fainting spells. I've also fallen off a ladder. I also fell when I was exercising. And I said, well, I said, how do you know that that means you're trying to get out of your body? I said, I don't agree. He said, what do you mean? I said, listen, if you wanted to get out of your body, you would have pulled that off a long time ago. I mean, that's pretty easy. I mean, all you need is a good gun or, you know, a nice, nice big knife. I mean, you could do it quickly. I mean, if you really were committed to getting out of your body, you would have done that a long time ago. Obviously, this self-sabotage you're talking about has a positive intent. What is it you're trying to get out of this behavior? He said, well, I don't know. I said, well, if you did know. He said, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I just want to know that people love me. I said, hmm, interesting. He said, God, I never even realized that till just now. I said, see, people don't sabotage. You're not trying to kill yourself. That's absurd. The bottom line is you want to feel love. And I bet, just like the example I talked about with you earlier in these tapes, with Jackknife, remember when we talked about that guy who slammed his hand through the glass and it was bleeding, and the woman who was rejecting him all of a sudden is making love to him? I said, long time ago, I told him that story, and I said, you know, a long time ago, you obviously linked up that if you get yourself hurt and get in the hospital especially, you got all these people who come and tell you how much they love you and be with you and be worried about you. But i got to tell you something, that isn't love. That's obligation. He looked at me kind of funny. I said, that's what it is. It's obligation. It's pain. They don't want to come see you. They feel like they have to and they're guilty. I said, they're not giving you love. 
In fact, a lot of those people probably hate you because they do that. Boy, you talk about interrupting his pattern. He started to defocus his eyes, started to look inside. What am I doing? I'm getting him to link what? Pain to his present pattern. So his brain will want to change it. I said, listen, if you want love, there are much better ways and you're a much more intelligent person than this. You don't have to sabotage in this way. You could get it just by, you know the best way to get love? Give it. See, be loving to people. Give them so much love that they have to give you love back. I said, there's a law in life. It's called reciprocation. What you put out, people feel like they got to give it back. I said, some people stay in relationships with people that they like but don't love. And the reason is they feel stuck is the other person loves them so much that they just, oh, they can't get out. They give love back. I said, listen, if you really want love, start pouring it out so deeply and so powerfully to so many people, it will come back tenfold. And he looked around and I said, and if you do that, you have no pain and you have lots of pleasure. You do the other one, you keep breaking body parts, people come, they're obligated, they think, God, what a schmuck, how many more times is he going to get in a car accident, what is he, stupid, but they wouldn't say that to your face. I did this over and over again until I conditioned him to link a new pattern. I said to him as well, look, if you are expressing love, while you're expressing it, what are you feeling? He said, love. I said, well, that's interesting. So you mean you could get what you want the minute you give it? His brain went, wow, what a concept. (laughs) Here's a whole new way. Now, will this help him to change his whole life? Well, he believes it will. We'll know in six months if he hasn't had too many more accidents. The bottom line, unless he's just like blind or something, and that's part of the problem. The point is this. Any pattern of self-sabotage comes out of a positive intent. Do you hear me on this? We're always trying to get something that's good for us. Even people that commit suicide do it for a positive intent in their brain's mind. Their brain says, hey, suicide, being dead would be less painful than being alive, which I have a hard time personally believing. But in the moment, people who believe that commit suicide. Most people never commit suicide because killing themselves is just too painful. So what do they do? They just beat themselves up a lot. You don't need to do either one. You can free yourself from self-sabotage right now by knowing from this day forward that if you ever start to sabotage yourself, one, don't jump to conclusions and assume that because you've done something a few times and it didn't work out or the last minute you screwed something up, that it's the specter called self-sabotage that's coming to find you. Try another approach. Maybe it's you're just not paying attention. Maybe you're not focusing. Maybe you just got some poor habits. You know, it may not be a self-sabotage pattern, so don't jump to that conclusion. If it's just bad habits, refocus and decide what you do want to accomplish. And two, if it clearly is a pattern where you are subconsciously sabotaging yourself, screwing things up, hey, get excited. Don't get upset. Say, hey, look, my brain is doing what it does best. It thinks it's keeping me out of pain and give me some pleasure. But I just got to teach my brain a better pattern. That's all. So what's the intent? And that's how you eliminate self-sabotage. So let's go through the steps real quickly. One. Identify a behavior that's keeping you from getting your goals, something that's stopping you or holding you back. First, you've got to identify it. That's step number one. Two, once you've identified it, ask yourself, what is the positive intent here? What is my brain trying to give me? So, for example, if you know, you're about to go up to somebody and ask them for a date, and then all of a sudden you shut down and you can't even talk, what's the positive intent? Well, my guess would be that your brain is trying to protect you from being rejected. It's saying, well, if he doesn't say anything, he can't be rejected. Rejection is pain. I don't want pain. Does that make sense? So that's why you can't think in that moment. But see, you've got to teach your brain otherwise. You've got to go in. Once you find out that what the positive intent is, and you go, well, it's trying to protect me from rejection. Then you go to step three. Get some leverage on yourself so that you can make the change. You know how to do that. We've done it over and over again. That is, 
teach your brain that, hey, if I don't change this thing, I know you're trying to help me out here, brain. I know you're trying to keep me from the pain of rejection, but by me not going up and expressing how much I'm attracted, it's costing me relationships that could give me a lot more pleasure. It's a little bitty pain. But not being in a relationship is big bane. i got to explain this to you, brain. you got to have a little conversation in your head. The way to do it is on paper. Sit down and write down all the pain you're going to get if you don't change this pattern and all the pleasure you'll get by making the pattern work. Real simple. Step four, interrupt the pattern. And there are lots of ways to do that. We've talked about many. The simplest one that we've used in the last day or two, of course, is the erasure technique. So how do we use it? Well, see yourself beginning to go into a situation where you're sabotaging yourself. In other words, see yourself start to approach, let's say, an attractive person, and you you see yourself start to choke up. Only this time, watch it happen and scramble it. Be outrageous. The key to interrupting a pattern is to do something your brain would never, ever expect and do it rapidly over and over and over and over again. What that does is totally fry the old pattern that used to stop you. And, of course, step five, then, is install a new pattern. Condition yourself to have new feelings. What do you do? See yourself over and over going up and making the connection with this person and feeling the pleasure that comes from that. So you clearly teach your brain pain comes from not doing it, pleasure comes from doing it, and that old pattern I can't run anymore. I've forgotten what the heck it is. I've scrambled my brain. Simple, humorous, basic way to change and eliminate self-sabotage, something you can easily do. I want to make one other point, and that is some of the most successful people have patterns of self-sabotage. So remember, if you find yourself doing something that doesn't seem to be supporting you in the long term, remember at some level your brain thinks it's supporting you, at least in the short term. That's why it's doing it. Don't feel bad about it. Don't go, oh, gosh, here I am, this failure. Some of the most successful people that I've interviewed and worked with have had self-sabotage. It's just a pattern we once in a while get, and you can just change it now. It's very easy. So here's your assignment. Pull out your success journal, and before you turn the tape over, just identify. Do you have a place in your life where you have a tendency? And by the way, that's all this self-sabotage stuff is. We don't want to make it into a thing. It's not a thing. It's just a tendency. It's just a pattern that once in a while you run. So is there a place in your life where you have a tendency to start to sabotage things when it gets too good, for example? Relationship gets to a certain level, and your brain goes, "Uh uh-oh. If I get too connected, if I love this person too much, what if they leave me? Oh, my gosh, then I'd have pain, so I better sabotage it first. You understand the kind of thing I'm talking about here? So identify if there's a tendency someplace. That's number one. Two, don't feel bad about it. Instead, feel good. Get excited. Say, my brain is awesome. My brain here is doing a good job of what it believes it needs to do to help me to avoid pain and gain pleasure. So feel good about your brain. It means it's doing its job. Three, get some leverage, though, to make a change. Get your brain to associate and teach your brain by writing down, here's all the things I miss out on because of this tendency. And really get your brain to see that there's major pain in sabotaging. And make sure your brain also says, make a list of here's all the pleasure I get by making a change. So your brain has got both the stick and the carrot. It's got leverage to want to make the shift. Four, then what you need to do is now simply interrupt the pattern. And the interrupt the pattern, there are a zillion ways to do it again, but use the erasure technique since that's what we've been using for the last two days. Real simple process. Think about the sabotage you've done and make it humorous. Run those kinds of scenarios over in your head and turn them into cartoons. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until when your brain thinks of it, it kind of laughs and sees that this is ridiculous, where it doesn't run the pattern the same way anymore. And finally, five, rehearse achieving the result you want without the self-sabotage. In other words, rehearse achieving the success you want and make sure you feel the pleasure of succeeding and do it over and over again till your brain links 
hey, this really works. This is really going to last. This is something that I really want in my life. And the self-sabotage pattern or tendency will disappear. Okay, so we just listened to this clip from Tony Robbins, and he's talking all about, you know, self-sabotage and the ways that we make connections uh, at certain points in our lives and try to protect ourselves and, you know, the ways that we can basically uh, deprogram ourselves from these just by coming into a realization of what we're actually looking for. What are we, you know, all of these, all of these, uh, anytime we self-sabotage ourselves, right, what he was saying was anytime we do something like that, it's not that we want to hurt ourselves. It's not that we want to punish ourselves or we want ourselves to be miserable. It's not that at all. It's that we're, we want something else and that this strategy of self-sabotage or avoidance or whatever you want to call it is actually uh, a method of getting another need met, right? So it's really valuable to, you know, sit notice these times when you try to prevent yourself from succeeding in certain ways or try to prevent yourself from growing in certain ways. And when you act out or, you know, are mean to someone for no reason or you don't follow through on something you know you want to follow through on or you – whatever it is that you do in a way to self-sabotage, ask yourself like – well, what do I really want here? Like, what's behind this? And I love how Tony Robbins is talking about how, like, we never have a bad intention. It's never a bad intention. We never wake up. It's never like what we really want is to feel pain or for, you know, it's like what we really, or even for other people to feel pain, even if that's something that we're saying to ourselves, like, I want them to be hurting. It's like, well, why do you want them to be hurting? Because underneath you want to feel better, right? Or you want to feel justified or it all comes back to the self and how the self wants to feel good. The self wants to feel right. The self wants to feel safe. The self wants to feel protected or validated or loved, right? And I think that's so powerful to realize that, like, we're never really trying to hurt ourselves. We're never really – we don't have bad intentions. We have good intentions. Underneath everything is pure good intentions. And, you know, while I was listening to this clip, um, I was thinking a lot about what I do, which is EFT, emotional freedom technique, um, or tapping and how everything he's talking about in this clip is essentially what we do with EFT or tapping. It's essentially what we are working on. We're working on finding these programs in which we don't that we don't really understand within ourselves these things that we do, these blocks that we create in order to protect ourselves from certain things. And then we are essentially bringing acknowledgement to them and we're giving a voice to them and we're letting them be heard and seen. And it's in that state that we can actually transform them and change them. And I personally have been um, – I spent last week tapping almost every single day on myself, like taking serious time for myself to select certain issues that were coming up and really just tap on them and see what was there for myself. And um, last week was like one of the most transformative weeks I've had and I'm – you know, even though I've been a practitioner of this healing modality since March, um, it, it was almost like I needed this past week to help me realize like how powerful it is once again and how impactful it's been on my life and how impactful it can be on someone's life to be able to take these issues that you've always had that you've never understand and just kind of examine them in a safe way with your body being um, – 
like opening up to allow information to um, to rise to the surface because that's that's really what happens a lot of the time when we tap. Sometimes I'll be asking someone, they'll someone will say, "I want to tap on this issue," and I'll start asking them questions about it, and they'll say, "I don't really remember. I don't really know. I don't really." really they don't have a lot of answers. They just know it's an issue. And then as we actually tap on the body, what what is happening within the body is. Um, the energy is starting to be re-regulated and flow again through the body. And when that happens, um, basically like memories and information will start coming, uh, popping to the surface. Clarity will come. Clarity will come. Connections, new connections will be made. And suddenly all this information will start coming out of the person that five minutes ago they said they could not remember that they didn't have. And, you know, it's that information that's been buried away that it's like, we've hidden from ourselves essentially so that like we don't have to feel it or acknowledge acknowledge it because back then when we hid it from ourselves, it was too painful. And so this whole time, it's like when I tap on myself, sometimes it feels like I'm just searching for that little nugget, right? I'm just searching for the nugget that I hid away so I can understand why this is even an issue for me. Um, but this is all to say that, you know, I just felt called to share that tapping is a really amazing if you're if you listen to that clip and you're like, oh yeah, I self-sabotage in this way and this way and this way. Tapping is a really amazing way to clear that self-sabotage and to re restructure the pattern, just like Tony's talking about in this clip. But he's talking about doing it mentally, and you can do it mentally, but you know, tapping is just a really um therapeutic somatic way to do this like with your body and your mind and your heart um so if uh that that resonates with any of you listening please feel free to reach out to me for a session um i would love to tap with each and every one of you um another uh option, of course, to get some clarity is to have a intuitive reading with uh, Ambie um, or have both, you know, or is speaking of both, we actually have an option on our Patreon page where you can go and um, you can select the top tier, which I think is $120 a month. But basically what that includes is like being thanked as a sponsor for our show, um, being put into a private group um, to get readings or to get a once a month channeling with John so you can ask John questions. And then um, to have one private session a month with both Ambie and I in tandem, basically. So you get a reading and then you do tapping. Um, and that's all for $120, which is less than and less than what it would be if you um, booked a private session with Ambie and then booked a private session with me. It would be more expensive than that. So, um, you know, if, if, if that's calling to you, that's another option and you can also help us support the show. So, um, anyway, hope this clip was a good way to start off your Monday. Um, we love you so, so much. Ambie loves you. She is, like I said, here in spirit and sending so much love, um, loving energy to Ambie because I know she's just not feeling well today. So Ambie, hope you feel so much better. And uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, follow us on CastBox, Google Play. Uh, we still have an event coming up. This Saturday, October 20th in Philadelphia, if you're listening to this, we're going to be doing live readings and uh, just like meet and greet and a live podcast recording in Philadelphia. So um, the link to that event will be in the show notes. We also have a, our very first retreat coming up November 16th to 18th that Ambie and I are doing with our soul sister, Leah Liebler. 
Um, it's going to be truly amazing. I think we only have like eight spots left now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be li- very limited space. So we sold four spots. There's eight spots left. Um, check the uh, – we'll put that information in the show notes as well. Um, and it's going to be a mix of you know intuitive coaching, reading, tapping, healing, um, nature. Um, the theme of the retreat is transformation. So the retreat is called Chrysalis because we want this retreat to be a safe space for um, you to transform and shed your skin and move into that next version of yourself. That's the intention with this retreat. So if that appeals to you, check out the retreat information. Um, But otherwise, hope you all have a beautiful Monday. And until next time, keep on blooming. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.